welcome to my dad's podcast. My blackest fan is national. Follow him on Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Ibe Lambert, and I'd like to welcome you all for joining me on today's episode. Um, wherever you are, whenever this time is for you. Um, so, if this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, this is a show that focuses on reconnecting and talking about the issues of transnationalism and how it connects and how it relates as far as the black community is concerned, how can we build ties and build bridges in order to become a more unified black community? Uh, So if this is your first time, please make sure to rate and review the podcast. And if you like what you hear today on this episode, please feel free to subscribe. And you can listen to other episodes that I have released in the past on your favorite podcast listening apps. And I just want to hear your feedback. I'd like to hear what you think. If the show is trash, that's perfectly fine. If the show is great, then please continue to support. And even if it is trash, then please send your feedback and let me know what I can do to become a better host for you and for others who feel likewise. So, man, um, today's episode, we're focusing on, 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 on kings and queens and royalty. And, and the reason this happened or this came into my spirit was because um, the last episode I talked about, you know, kind of alluded and, and, and reflected on the life of Nipsey Hussle. And also talked about hometown associations in the transnational community. But I also focused the latter part of it on the life of Nipsey Hussle and what it meant. And as things went on and the procession of his funeral and burial went on, you know, a lot of times you just kept on seeing people saying, rest up, young king, rest up, young king. And at first I was just like, OK, this is cool. But then, you know. Game of Thrones, so this is kind of just tells you when this show is being recorded, but Game of Thrones is on the horizon, right? So I started thinking about Game of Thrones and Kings and Queens, so the, this, this theme just kept coming from different places, and uh, I started to think like, man, okay, this concept of Kings and Queens has been very pervasive for the past, and let me not use big words, it's been around for a while, as far as the past couple of years, and people have been really hyping it up, and then you know what really motivated it? was the, the 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 explosion of Black Panther, right? So when Black Panther came on, everybody was really hype on this whole concept of black royalty. Everybody was talking about Kangs and Quangs and and everybody was so hype on it. And it was necessary. And I think at that point it was very powerful and uplifting for the black community. But I had to be that guy. And I know some of the things that I will mention may not be the most popular opinion. And some of y'all may not like it. And I perfectly understand it. But I really started to, to, to reflect and really muse on why do we really, why is it, why are we the only ones as black people that really get hype on it? You don't see people from other particular groups, race and ethnic groups, really hype on this whole concept of kings and queens right you don't see anyone in the asian pacific community really use this terminology as a form of endearment to one another 
Now, don't get me wrong. It's not to say that these things don't matter. And I do understand the premise and the history, at least, of, of this particular trend as it being inspired by the fact that as black people, we are the aboriginal people and that our history ties into some form of royalty that may even trace all the way back to the Egyptian days and things of that nature and so on and so forth. I get that. Truly. I I feel that. But family, we can't all be kings and queens. <laughs> like, who gonna do the work? <laughs> like, if everybody's royalty, then who's gonna really who's gonna be the one to 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 actually do work, right? And and there's this polarization of you either got to be a king and queen or you a pop or you're a peasant and you low class and and what it does to me is i feel like it starts to go from a term of endearment to now or a term that's used affectionately to a point where people start to use it as a way to become almost classist but also i think it kind of goes against history um, and I'm going to talk about this from a historical standpoint at first, and then I'll talk about it from a standpoint of what it really means as far as its application in the black community now. I'll talk about the use of it in the African community because African immigrants are not exempt from this. We come, a lot of our people come as well to the U.S. and they're telling other people, oh, my uncle used to be a king, my auntie used to be a queen, my daddy is a prince from this village, and can you come, can you come? All those things are also being part of the narrative. So it's just this whole concept of black people and royalty as a whole, right? So it's not one of those separate groups. One group is doing it, the other one. We're all doing this as a black community. And I want to know a little bit about why this is the case. And I hope that I can get some responses from you after listening to this about why. And I forgot to mention, follow me on Instagram at blacktransnational underscore. Or you can shoot me a tweet on Twitter mbi transnational um and you can also send me an email blacktransnational17 at gmail.com so you can holler at me any way you want to and we could talk about this and have a really productive conversation so i didn't want to just talk about this blindly right so i decided to kind of do a little bit of digging um about the whole concept of where did this royalty come from like where did this whole concept of royalty where did it where did it where, where did it what was its genesis and so the history, at least from what historians tell us, right? there's a really important quote that I always take from my good brother, um, Frederick Douglass Dixon. All right, Not Frederick Douglass, but Frederick Douglass Dixon, who's a professor at um, Wyoming. And he always says, history never lies, historians do. So I always have to put that as a disclaimer when I talk about what history has to offer. Now, historically it says... The whole concept of royalty started off because as civilization started to um, come together, as people started to come together and, and build tribes and realize that they can't live this life alone, right? you start to realize that people had different roles. Some were either hunters, right, and people were, were croppers and farmers, some, or some, you know, but they had roles as far as how they would go about surviving, right? and they would move together in groups. Now... The hunters lived a more nomadic life. They worked less. They didn't. They weren't as dependent on things such as the season, the weather, and things of that nature. Right. So they weren't as dependent on nature and its elements. 
in order to survive. So they had to go where the animals were. So they weren't bounded by certain things compared to the farmers and the croppers where they had a little bit more that contributed to their ability to produce. But because of that, once you find a good land and you find a land that's fertile, that means now you have something, you've pretty much landed on a gold mine. So if you have a, a you found a land that is a, that allows you to be able to plant crops and grow crops, especially during the right season, you start to, you know, you harvest them and then you start to store them. And as time continues to grow, go, I should say, pun intended, um, people who were the croppers started to reside and settle in these lands. And as their crops continue to flourish and they start to, started to grow more and more, they have to find places in which they can store these things. Right? And they have to entrust people who could store and watch and monitor these things. So that led to the division of land. And when you started to divide land, that's when the whole feudal system started. right? So those who are truly responsible and well-skilled and and where the proper owners of these lands were essentially suited as kings. And and then this whole thing, you know, you had different um, different titles, lords, and, and then you had all these other things that were kind of passed on down as far as roles and responsibilities. So once people started to settle into these lands where resources are available in plenty, you have to find a way to divide them. You have to find roles and responsibilities. Civilization started to evolve and become cities and re and regions started to grow. So that's just a long story short, a more simplified version of how these things started to come into play. Now, what really made the whole concept of royalty stick was not just the fact that, oh, this person had the most resources, but then you had religion that came into play. When we talk about the concept of now, you had you started off with priest kings, right? These were people who felt like they were divinely ordained to have these positions and be in this state of rulership over these lands of resources. They were blessed by God or the supreme architect of the universe to have this ability, to have this fortune, to be able to produce these lands and therefore have these resources. And it was their right divinely to be able to rule over this particular land. So the whole concept of religion became the glue that kept people together, right? And really kept people in consensus with who their leader is or was at that time. So religion definitely plays a role. And if you notice and throughout the history of kings and kingdoms and things of that nature, there's always some form of supreme being that or deity that they believe in that essentially guides their kingdom's mission and agenda in most cases not necessarily in the case of an emperor but in most cases that's how i really went down okay so doing some digging i was you know i had to come i had to come with some facts and come come correct as far as my knowledge base goes now we understand that there are some of us whose ancestry ties into royalty maybe but a lot of us may also have ancestors who were farmers or who were hunters or you know who ended up getting other jobs except for kings and queens the reason that this is important is because when you start to think about the notion or you start to think about what it means to be a king and queen or a queen or a prince or a princess when you start to give yourself these titles of royalty i really believe that people don't truly understand what it entails because as a society we are blinded by the, the, the by the glitter 
and the and the vanity uh, that comes with the title of being kings and queens. In the black community specifically, in the African American community specifically, there is no correlation by the way we address ourselves as kings and queens to the way most of the time we conduct ourselves. Now, when I say that, I don't necessarily just mean that you have to conduct yourself in a pompous manner or act like you better than everybody else or not. But I don't really think that people understand what it takes to be king, what it takes to be queen, the weight of the crown. Right? I believe everyone, what bothers me is that I believe everyone feels like if you call each other kings and queens, and it's supposed to automatically uplift it. But there isn't anything that we do in our daily practices that truly exemplify the pressure of living that royal life, right? And I don't want people to not have pride in their ancestors being farmers, being you know sharecroppers, being merchants and masons and whatever the case may be. Because I think what it does, then it creates this classist divide in our history that has been stripped away from from most of us. So when we start to create this history of trying to connect this simply just to kings and queens, I think you do yourselves an injustice. You're doing yourselves an injustice by not truly wanting to understand who you really are. What it does is it just gives people an excuse to just kind of create these fake transnational ties by saying, yeah, we was kings and queens back in Africa, but none of y'all want to really go back to Africa, right? Like none of y'all really want to build that bridge and really try to see if you really royalty or not. And even if it was, like what happened then, right? Like you, you know, so I think that the, the, the concept in my mind has been watered down to the point where now when you use the term royalty in the black community people aren't going to take it seriously because it's used by everybody people don't in other in other parts of the world people don't play with that terminology right uh, when you think about a really good example when i used to really think that term was cool and and it was like you know being king might was it, it shouldn't be that crazy right like I watched an up. I watched the whole season of The Crown, and I don't know any of y'all who've watched that show on Netflix. And it's a show that talks about the life of Queen Elizabeth when she was given the throne after her her father um, had passed away, King George, and she was next in line for the throne. And it shows the real, to some degree, obviously because it is made for TV, so there's some fiction to it. But there, it shows the harsh realities that come with being royalty and that comes with the pressure of people looking to you to make decisions uh to to make choices and to live in a, a way in which you have not much control and much freedom that you think you do um, when it comes to how you make decisions that impact yourself or your family you always have to put your family and the the dynasty first Right. So, I mean, when I think about it and just all the things that she went through, obviously she was a white privileged woman, whatever. But when I think about how it applies to how we conduct ourselves in the black community and we use these terms very lightly, the reality is and some people won't like it. We don't carry ourselves in such manner. You know, my dad used to always tell me like a real king 
they don't just have they don't just sit on the throne right kings and future you know um owners of that title that throne so to speak they have to go in the trenches they're sent in the trenches to work to understand the people that they serve to understand how to serve them because you understand their perspective a lot of these people in the in the royal ranks are are put in spaces where they have to understand the needs of the people. Not all. I'm not going to speak for all. But a lot of them do. Warrior kings. You have to work yourself yourself from the ground up. You have to work in the trenches. You have to understand who you're leading to point them in the right direction. For those who've read books such as The Prince, um, created by Machiavelli, who was teaching um, the Medici how to rule his land once he... Um, got his throne in, in the Renaissance days, you start to see that there's a lot more that comes with being royalty than we tend to really act on. So this might be a little bit of a rant, whatever, but I also think that it's important for me as a black transnational to hold my brothers and sisters who may or may not be using these terms lightly or not, but it's just a caution. If, if you don't use this word and you don't like it, then Use it as a cautionary tale for someone else. This thing can be very, it can contaminate black history. It has a potential to impact how we are going to build, how we're going to view building our connections with Africa um, or not. So I have to speak on it from a transnational perspective because my goal is to try and connect African Americans who were stripped of that history back to their native homelands um, so they can, they can build those bridges. That's my ultimate goal. So part of that is trying to understand what the history entails. So when you create this false or unproven identity of being in the historical bloodlines, I think that leads to this false self-inflated perception that you create of you and 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 you take that term lightly and I don't think that's something we should do. If you want to you know use that on a isolated case, then you know go ahead, be the king of your household, be the king of of you know of your job, whatever. But I think when we talk about it and some of us do on a serious level about how we used to be kings and queens and we are black royalty not all of us, because if everyone is 99% kings and queens, then who's doing the work? This world was built by workers, directed and led by kings and queens and emperors and all that stuff. But there's so much pressure on those who wear the crown. And I think sometimes as black people, we always want to go for the flash, but no one wants to talk about the guts and the glory and the grind, right? And that's, again, not to go back to a past episode, but that's, again, why someone like Nipsey Hussle really stood out to me and really was affected. I mean, the death was really affected um, in the world because his loss, you know, took away a messenger who really spoke about the grind and embraced it and what it meant to the black community and how you work your way up to earn that status of royalty because everyone sees you grinding, everyone sees you helping others and serving and leading and pointing to the right direction, you know, taking care of those who 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 look up to you because they know you have the resources, right? You don't leave your community, you don't leave your people and go somewhere else. You come back and you serve. And that to me is the markings or the makings of true royalty. Okay. So now 
Dr. Ebay Lamberts, you wildin' out. You are not being sensitive to the history of those who were slaves, who are, you know, whose ancestors were slaves and being in the, you know, in the United States were treated in inhumane, you know, ways that this world would never understand. Right. So these this is the message I'm probably going to be getting from those who may feel like, yo, we use this term as a way to uplift. Right. As a way to say, you know, keep your head up, young king. Right. You come from a, a history of people who were rulers. Right. Who were, you know, uh, royalty, maybe. Right. And that's cool. Right. OK, fine. Let's let's say we want to do that if we want to go that route. But why can't you be happy to know that you just came from a family who were were lords and dukes and who were, you know, high-class merchants, who were people who were making an impact in their own villages and tribes, who were leaders in different ways, who were warriors, right? Why can't we, you know, why can't that just be a term used for those who were um, hunters, Right, prideful hunters. Right, there's something that comes in that people talk about the whole wolf pack mentality. Right, so I mean, like I said, we we have different ways in which we want to use to motivate each other. This podcast is not created simply, or this episode, I should say, is not made with the intention of trying to really downplay or smother that narrative all the way. I'm simply using this as a cautionary episode or a message to just. To tell you all the possible consequences that will come in the future if these terms are not used and people aren't actually following suit. If you all want to consider yourselves kings and queens and princes and princesses, act like it. Hold yourself to that notion. But understand what it entails. Understand that we can truly all be kings and queens. There, I mean, if that's what you want to do, if you understand the simple concept of what it means to be royal, there's more to it than just the name. There's more to it than just reaching out to the pain of your history and using it as a tool to just uplift and then leave it at that for an emotional drive. There is truth that you may have some bloodlines that, and some history that ties into royalty. Obviously, Africa as a continent, were, there were different types of nations and tribes that battled each other, that, that, that worked together, that collaborated and grew, right? They, they had their own levels of royalty, whether it was from a tribal notion, right? When, when you had um, kings of your own tribes and, and, and different types of the, the Zulu nation and all the other historical um, components that came with that. So their history is there to some degree. So I'm not disagreeing with that. But what I'm saying is that this term has become so watered down to the point where it's become ahistorical, right? And, there's, and what it does is it's going to create a division where people don't necessarily appreciate the history that comes with being black. You don't appreciate the fact that you may have, you have to be prideful of just being, of your, your ancestors being farmers, be okay with that. Be prideful of that. Be prideful of the fact that your ancestors built nations on nations. 
You had people, a people who were stripped away, who may have been royalty, that was stripped away from their nation, their people, their family, their bloodlines, taken, abused, and built a nation again. They rebuilt a culture that is revered and loved by everyone across the world, whether they want to admit it or not. African-American culture, as I always say, is one of the most popular, most money-making culture that I've ever seen and the world may ever see. No other culture is that prominent, all right? So I feel like people should take pride in that, all right? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears now because I think I've beat on that dead horse for a while now. And I'll talk about the African immigrant community because you're not exempt too, my fellow Nigerian, Ghanaians, and Africans all across the continent. You're not exempt. You too abuse the whole concept of kings and queens. And your history might be a little bit different. You know why? Because of corruption. You come from a nation of corrupt people that are pretty lawless and have been colonized as well and have been polluted and abused by by white people and, and other nations and their ways and their habits have also permeated into that culture of that nation that led to a different level of corruption and a different way in which black people view themselves and how they separate themselves from their brothers and sisters um, across the world. So, you know, historically, I mean, we understand that African immigrants have a better ability to be able to trace their ties, maybe compared to someone in the United States that has ancestors who were slaves. Now, there are a lot of African immigrants or even African people today who will tell you, yo, you know, my dad was a king of his village or my mom was the queen of her village. I'm going to be real with y'all. There might be a likelihood of that. But how did that happen? How is your dad the king of this nation that was colonized by the British rule. There can't be two kings in a nation. So if you are from Nigeria and your dad was a king, a queen, or your mom was a queen, or all these other things that we use to connect to royalty, how did that happen during the the times of colonizations? Um, the times of colonies, I should say. The reality is that a lot of these connections, sure, even before colonization became a thing, a lot of these connections came from those tribal wars, right, and the whole concept of resources and, and fighting for resources and territory. That's the makings of civilization in the world and war and wars that happen throughout. War is about resources. War is about politics. But a lot of these things are not really real. A lot of times your dad may be the father I mean, your dad's father may have been a king of his village, but the village, I mean, every, they're, they're villages that are literally two blocks away from each other. So, I mean, it's it, at some point, it feels a little watered down. There's some chieftaincies, some titles that are actually bought, believe it or not, right? So there are people whose history you never, I mean, this is an unpopular opinion. You may not like me for it. I don't care. But 
Sometimes your history may be tied to a level of corruption in which your chief, your chieftaincy or your king title or your SD title was bought because that person had enough resources in order to pay someone to call him chief. Can you imagine? But it's the truth. Because I always ask people, like, if you're if you're such a such a queen and such a king, then why are you here? Why are you not ruling your nation? Or why are you not in line in the court getting ready to take over? Why are you going to Nigeria and saying, ew, this don't they don't have any light. There's no there's no light, no electricity. I wanna go back to the US. Why do you have, you know, these perceptions of Africa if you want to all of a sudden on the other side of the coin tell your friends and your friends and your and your and your associates that, oh yeah, we're tied into royalty, that's why my name is, you know, Adenike. Because I'm a princess. Are you really? So I mean, a lot of times we have to understand that these terms of royalty have been used and abused so much that it, and I feel for me personally that in the black community is used so much that people won't take it seriously. How can we? When people use the term that I'm a Nigerian prince and then they use that to scam people. Right? People use I mean, South I don't I don't hear other people talking about this stuff in South Africa. And in and, and maybe it happens in East and in West Africa and I'd love to interview some people who can tell me more about this. Like I said, I don't mind being wrong about this situation, but I'm gonna put it out there for sake of conversation. Black people I understand the positive side of wanting to use the terms and the concept of royalty as a way to uplift each other, but I also feel like we have a tendency to abuse certain terminolo- terminologies and then we we water it down to the point where it's not taken seriously. We don't even take it seriously. And I'm the one that I'm trying to take it upon myself to at least look at things rationally and, and without emotion and without passion to simply say that if you want to, you can do it. You can be royalty, but you really have to understand what it takes to be a king. You really have to understand what it takes to be a queen. And what it means is you have to, have one, pursue resources. You have to make yourself a better person than you are now. And if you already have the resources, learn to serve. Learn how to better and uplift those who may not be on your level at the moment. Learn how to train. Learn how to listen. Learn how to stop conflict. Learn when to rule with an iron fist, when to be harsh, when to be assertive. And learn when to be graceful and be merciful. Learn when to let other people slide. Learn when to let people give people other chances. Learn when to teach people and show them that there's there's a second chance in life. Learn how to receive the praise from people. Learn a little bit of humility, but also learn confidence. I mean, to me, I feel like these are things that we say in different ways, shapes, or forms. But these are the makings of royalty, in my opinion. right? And I think once you say these things, you don't use it just for the sake of inflating yourself. Because as I mentioned before, when you really look at the reality that comes with being king, king and queens and all that... There's a price on your head. 
people are looking to you. People are waiting for you to fail. And you look at the history of kingdoms, you realize that it was always somebody else looking, waiting for you to fuck up. Waiting for you to mess up so that they can take a chance on overthrowing you. And that person can be your family member. That person could have been your brother, right? That term comes with a lot of negative things as well that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about the greed. We don't want to talk about the 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 deaths and the killings and the coups that that happens for the sake in the name of royalty. But if we want to use that terminology to embrace each other, then you have to truly understand what it entails. But I think that we can use that as a black community not just to uplift each other, but we should also use it as a way that I'm using it, which is a way to hold each other accountable, to truly understand that it's not that we just use it for the sake of trying to connect ourselves with a larger history or for us, for us to say that we believe in Wakanda or to we believe in Zamunda and we create these, these myth, mythological places that connect us together we have a place that's already connecting us together and it's called africa we have a place that the history of man where the aboriginal man was created that's us we have that already we don't need to necessarily falsify that whether there's royalty or not be proud of your history and the fact that you as a black person you have the ability to do something that no one else can really do. You have the ability to build bridges. You have a history that's shown that you've built nations on nations. You have the history to show that when you're back against the wall, that you know how to overcome in any part of the world. You are leaders, you are servers, you are farmers, you are hunters, you are craftsmen, you are builders of these nations. The world is looking for us to figure out who we really are, how we can stop classifying ourselves and all pushing for the top and understand how we can all play our role to make our community a better, a healthier community. Once we start to understand and allow people who are natural leaders to lead and be field generals, once we allow those who are servers and workers to continue to build and train other people to work after them, once we're able to start teaching and educating each other and really filling into our our natural roles in this black community, once we start to reach out to our brothers and sisters in the other part of the region or the other part of the world and start understanding how we can now not worry too much about the history we had in the past, but now start to build a better future because a lot of the times, as I mentioned before, history never lies, historians do, but the history was stripped away. So instead of spending so much time trying to find that history, why can't we spend a lot more time invested in building the future in which we can properly record the history that we're making now for our future generations to really view us as the kings and queens that we want to be now through the actions that I just laid out for you, being the leaders and servers and generals that we can be today so that our future generation can truly refer to us 
as kings and queens and really understand that we are royalty based on what we do today, tomorrow and next tomorrow, and for the years to come, that we can truly create that black royalty and not just worry about what happened 200 BC. So I'll leave it at that. That's going to conclude it for this episode. I thank you for listening to me rant. Um, if you have any deferring opinions about what I just said, or you may not completely agree, please know that I welcome all rebuttals. I welcome all different thoughts and ideologies. I am not a hater, but I am a facilitator of great discussion. Um, so if you would like to hit me up, please feel free to do so at blacktransnational underscore. You email me blacktransnational17 at gmail.com, or you can shoot me a tweet on Twitter, MBI Transnational. Um, Thank you again for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it's been lovely talking to you all. I hope that I can be able to have a guest on the show next time. Um, but if not, uh, I hope you enjoy listening to me talk. And I hope we can have more of a conversation moving forward. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Have a good one, kings and queens.